Brad Dacus of the Dacus Report, heard weekly on Bible School Radio 91.3 KDKR Decatur, Dallas, Fort Worth, and on 91.3 KYJC Commerce. Portions of KDKR programming do not necessarily reflect the views of this station, its management, or staff. Prudent Money with Bob Brooks is sponsored by the Prudent Money Foundation on 91.3. Well, is it time yet to start buying real estate? Today we're going to take a look. Stay tuned for Prudent Money. Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. Thank you so much for joining me today. You know I do appreciate it. Well, is it time yet to start buying real estate? Uh, question on everybody's mind, mortgage consultant Mark Pfeiffer is here today to weigh in. Hey, Mark, how's it going? Mr. Bob Brooks, Happy New Year, my man. How are you, sir? I guess it is Happy New Year. But all that seems uh, seems like a long time ago, doesn't it? Uh, January is just flying it by. It does. We're already three weeks in, but I don't think I've talked to you. So happy 2024, yeah. my friend. And you as well. You as well. So I want to talk a little bit about real estate today. I know that these are questions that you talk about just about every day. But, you know, how is the market looking as we gear up for really probably the best time of the year to buy real estate? You know, it, it's, it's been good to us. I know we had a, a tough 2023 with our calls. It kept saying they were negative. But since mid-October, rates went from, call it the eights, to now back to the mid to high sixes, somewhere there. So in about six to you know, nine short weeks, because most of that movement was October through like mid-December, uh, rates rates came down, so we were back in the sixes, and I can tell you this, Bob, uh, being in the housing industry here in North Texas, we're all seeing it, feeling it, and the activity's up. Everybody's pumped. Everybody's excited. It's amazing. We just, you know, the drop of, you know, going from the eights to the sixes uh, suddenly is done for. So activity is definitely picking up here in the new year. So where do you think, and I know that you don't get this question ever, but so I was wanted to ask it, where do you think rates are going this year? <laughs> First time I've ever been asked that question, Bob. So right now, as I mentioned, if you go to like FreddieMac.com, you know I like to quote that to keep me out of, out of hot water my compliance people. We're not allowed to quote rates. But 6.6 is what FreddieMac.com is showing. So the smart money says that supposedly uh, the Fed's going to cut and do all this stuff. But the reality is the mortgage rates themselves supposedly will be in the, you know, call it 6% high fives by the end of the year. Now, for all that are, are longtime listeners, you heard me literally middle of last year. I thought rates at this time would already be in the five. So I was very wrong because rates proceeded to go up to eight. You know, who knows? So the crystal ball is only too good. I will tell you this. My prediction for this year, and I hope I'm wrong, I unfortunately don't agree with the talking heads, and I think rates may stay in the sixes. Uh, I think they'll get better, but I think they'll still be in the low sixes by the end of this calendar year. I just don't think things are going to play out as much as everybody wants. But the rosy picture that we're all hoping for is what – a lot of talking heads are saying rates could be in the fives, mid to high fives by the end of this year. So we'll see. Well, let's talk I about so. let's talk about so. a, a different situation where maybe the the rates start to to start to go back up. Maybe they don't go higher than they went, but they go right. up an, another level. What do you think things look like if that if that's the case? Because I you know it's one of those situations, and I'm going to ask you really two questions in one. It's one of those situations where you almost have to 
approach, if you're buying a house, maybe approach the situation as if there's a window here and maybe it's closing. Yeah, I, I agree. And so here's the reality. The, the same story, same story you and I talk about, and we love, I know you and I are huge fans of the media and how they spend stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, sure. You know, saying that with a, with a smile, right? I, regardless of rates, this is a great time to buy because, and I was at a real estate, um, a real estate office, had their annual meeting this morning. I was there for two and a half hours, all kinds of stats to show this for all, you know, Collin County, Dallas County, the whole Metroplex. Everything at a minimum is going up around 5% as of last year in terms of value as a whole. And even this morning, so here's the media headline I saw this morning before I even went to that, that thing is uh, home appreciation, the lowest it's been in the last six months. And it was 0.4% for one month. So if you multiply that by 12, that's 4.8%. That's 5%, you know, rounding, rounding up, 5% appreciation. That is stellar. That's, that's above a normal market. So if you bought a 400,000 home today, you know, if this is to your point about it, is this a good time to buy? You buy that 400,000 home today by Christmas time of this year, you're going to see that sucker be worth about 420 if it is at 5%. So if you wait, you're going to miss on that 520. And like we've said all along, rates aren't forever. You're allowed to refinance. So if you buy a home today with the rates in the high sixes and rates, you know, stay static or they go up, man, you're getting a great opportunity right now. When rates go down, if they do go back to that fives, holy smokes, you're going to be competing with all these buyers sitting at home who've been waiting for rates. Maybe they need rates to come down to afford what they want. But man, when those rates come down, all these people are coming out of the woodwork and we go back to this craziness because like we've talked about, there is a true housing shortage. So to your point, Bob, yes, I think right now, if you're even thinking about it, it's a good time to at least explore that option and buying today. I think it's a great opportunity for sure. Let's, let's talk about a, a couple of different ways that you can get the rates down. And I'm curious as to how low that they can go. Let's let's go with the first one, an arm. Really don't hear much talking, uh, much information about adjustable rate mortgages. But, you know, is that something that is a good deal right now? And before you answer that, why don't you just kind of refresh people what that what that uh, what that is, an arm. You're so right, Bob. And so an arm is the adjustable rate mortgage, right? That's the acronym for an arm. Uh, let's just take an example of a seven-year arm. What that means is you're getting a 30-year mortgage in most cases, right? Arms can all be different, but I'd say the generic whole, it's a normal 30-year mortgage, air quotes normal, meaning like it's 30 years. You got this mortgage, it's yours for, for 30 years. But the seven in this example means that the rate you get today is going to be that rate for the first seven years. After that, the rate can go up or down. It just depends on where rates are at that time. So you're right that arms have not been real prevalent, and that has to do, without going into the weeds, it has to do with just how the market and what the Fed's been doing. However, to your question, absolutely, just in the last few weeks, right, since, since mid-October's rates have been coming down, the Fed's projecting the lower rates, which helps banks, right, offer cheaper money, the arms have suddenly become out a little bit. Now, I'm not saying it's like the hottest thing and they're flying off the shelf, but an arm with the right product, the right people, man, we've, we've sold a lot of seven years in the last couple of weeks because we do think rates are going lower. You know, whether it's 12 months or 24 months, it doesn't matter. We do know that at some point rates can and will be lower. And so if you got this rate fixed for seven years, it's lower than the 30-year note. So you might as well not pay as much interest knowing that you're probably not going to have this mortgage for more than just, you know, call it 12 to 24 months if and when rates come down. So, yeah, they – 
they're slowly becoming more of a thing, and you're seeing a little bit more in the market just how things are playing out. So what's the difference right now if you took out an adjustable rate mortgage versus a 30-year? Yeah, so the normal the normal spread used to be. So I'll just kind of speak generics, right? If you got a, if you got your normal, let's quote, you know, Freddie Mac. Let's just throw that out here. That six point six for the thirty year. If that's truly where it is, in a typical market, you might find like a ten one arm might have like a quarter point lower. Seven might have like a half point lower, and then the five year would have a little more. So the shorter duration is going to be better, better, better in terms of rate. Um, but to answer your question, you could be as you know, you can be as little as a quarter better. You can be as much as a half point to three quarters. And heck, if you went really short, you know, a really good deal, you can maybe even be a full point better. So you can save some some real money and in interest. Um, and again, I don't personally, I just don't, or professionally, I don't think that's that big of a risk right now. I think, again, rates can and will be coming down. I just don't know when, right? That's the hard part is pinpointing that exact timeline. So if you're, you know, if you do take out something like an adjustable rate mortgage, aren't you at, at the end when you're having to refinance it, doesn't uh, fees kind of catch up with you? Yeah, I mean, it's a normal refinance cost, right? So in other words, there's always that piece, and you and I have done many, many, many episodes over the years together about when does a refinance make sense, right? Lower cost and, and you know, pardon me, lower rate, lower payment doesn't always mean savings. You just got to do the math to see how much you really, truly save. So the, the answer to your question, yeah, when you refinance, there could absolutely be fees. Now, there are a lot of programs where you can get out there and not pay fees, the trade-off's the higher rate, but at the end of the day, with the arm, what, where I think most people could get in trouble is if you got that arm and you go too short, let's say somebody gets a three-year arm, I wouldn't recommend that. Again, the timeline's what's unknown. I think it's in the next 12 to 24 months, but as evidenced by last six months, I didn't, you know, I, I don't have that crystal ball. Nobody does. So I just think, again, plan your future, you know, talk to a, to a you know, a mortgage professional that you know, like, and trust, Somebody with your best interest, and because everybody's going to be different, right? If somebody's got high schoolers and they're moving when their kids, they're empty nesters or whatever it may be, a seven-year arm's plenty of time. If you got elementary kids and you think you're going to refinance the next two or three years, yeah, a seven years great. But if that three years in, in play, I don't, I don't know that I'd recommend that. So the answer is it just depends. But yeah, there are fees when you refinance. It can be, not always, but there can be fees when you refinance. But again, don't refi just to refi. Make sure there's a financial benefit to it. So generally speaking, and I know that this isn't consistent across the board, but you get to that seventh year or that fifth year and your mortgage rate changes, how much, let's say, it's, let's say it goes to the upside, how much could it go up? Good question. So let's, let's take two scenarios, right? So uh, I have a couple long, long-time clients, and it's hard to call them clients when they don't actually do a transaction with you, but 15 years ago, right, <laughs> somebody took out an arm, Man, for a decade, they loved it because every time their arm came up for adjustment, it went down, 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 down. It's only in these last 12 to 24 months, you know, since post-COVID, when rates hit that 3% range, whatever it was, it's only in this last two years that arms have actually been a bad thing in the last decade and a half. So to answer your question, how much does it go up? Let's pretend somebody got an arm back when rates were at 4%. Uh, most arms, again, that's, that can't speak for every arm out there, but for the most adjustable rate mortgages, there's, a, there's usually about a 5% cap. So that means if somebody got that 4% rate on an arm, you know, whatever that was at that time, the most it can go up to is 9 So in today's rates, let's say you got a 6%. Let's just use round numbers. If somebody got a 6% arm of any kind and there's a 5% cap, the most it can go up to is 11 
the most it can go down to, there's usually floors on there that say the same thing, where it's like, cool, could it be 1%? Sure, I don't think it'll get to 1%. But the point is when it adjusts, it's all going to be based on where rates are at that time. So you just, if you got a seven-year arm, pay attention. You know, don't wait till month, year six, month 11, right? Pay attention if there's an opportunity to refi to save money and it fits your financial plan, more power to you. I think you should. This is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. Thank you so much for joining me today. You know I do appreciate it. Mortgage consultant Mark Pfeiffer is here today to talk a little bit about what's going on with mortgage rates. And if you want more information, www.mortgagemark.com is where you can get that. You know, another way, of course, uh, that you can pay to get lower rates is by buying points. Is that a strategy that that makes sense these days? You know, Greg, you are right. And so there's there's two ways, right? So that you can pay, there's two types of buy downs. There's the permanent, which is probably what you're alluding to. You can pay points and in exchange. So in other words, the point for those that may not know or just a refresher, if I have a $300,000 loan, right? So I'm going to borrow 300 grand from the bank and I pay one point, that's 1%. So that's a $3,000 fee. In exchange for giving the bank the three grand up front, they in turn should give you a lower interest rate. So the thought and belief is, and true, the math works out. At some point, having a lower interest rate, you'll save more than three grand on the mortgage over 30 years. So whether or not the point makes sense is just how much do you save? What is that trade-off? And that's what moves, and that's what changes based on the market. So, Bob, a lot of folks, when rates were you know 8% and all this other stuff, they were buying points down to whether it's just to afford the home, because maybe they had the cash, but they didn't have the income to qualify but truthfully, I'm not a fan of it and haven't been for paying points in the recent, call it last 12-ish months. And the reason being, when rates are at eight, we know they're not going to be there forever, right? Even now, when rates are in the high sixes, I'd say I still believe that rates can and will come down. So I'm not a big advocate of people paying points today if you don't have to. So if you can get into a home, I would absolutely say if you buy a home today, I feel very good professionally and personally to say, man, you take the higher rate save the money, keep it in your bank account, and let's spend that money when the re- rates come down and you want to refinance. So when, when rates were at the 3%, 4% during COVID, absolutely pay points. Chances are you're not refinancing, <laughs> right? We knew rates were going up. We didn't know when, but we knew they were going up. So points to me, they're a great fundamental tool. If rates are low and you think the market's heading up, sure, pay points. But when the market's already up, I don't love paying points because, again, this won't most likely be your forever mortgage. It's a mortgage that gets you in the home, and then you'll probably restructure it in the semi-near future. So I'd, I don't love paying points in this particular market, but it's certainly, you know, it's a blanket statement. Everybody's going to be unique, of course. But as a whole, I would try to avoid points in today's world if you can. You know, I want to I wanted to uh, get back to what we're talking about, but something you said just triggered something with me that, is people really need to understand, and I want you to comment on this, is that when you're getting into these, we'll call them exotic arrangements, uh, different types of situations where you get lower points or you get a, 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 uh, an interest rate locked in for a certain amount of time, and you got maybe a, 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 an aggressive mortgage consultant, salesperson that's trying to, to, to get you to sign off on something, the truth is always in the numbers. And yep. they're and it's it's no guesstimate. They're I mean it's black and white. You can't get past the numbers. The numbers always tell the truth. So always remember that that anybody who's 
who's selling you something or wants you or wants to take advantage of you, they got to get past the truth, which is in the numbers. Yeah, and, and that's that's the tricky part because there there are there's a book I you know, maybe misquoted, lying with statistics or something like that, right? So the reality is they can show you the numbers that they know will help sell. And again, that's just and we've been saying this this whole time. I'm, I I choose a mortgage person you know, like, and trust. And that last one's the big one. You can know somebody, you can like somebody, but you got to trust them. Make sure they're doing what's right for you and let them show you the math. And even if you're not a math person, like I got, you know, my creative person that works for me in the marketing department, she's like, I hate math. I'm like, well, good for you. But the reality is, <laughs> you know, trust, trust somebody who knows the math and at least have them show you in a way that you know that they know what they're doing. Right. And work with that person with the trust. Cause you're right. But I mean, numbers don't lie. The right numbers don't lie. Just make sure you're comparing what you need to be comparing. And so that's, that's huge. Cause the biggest that we already start, Bob, you may, you may have already gotten it. Literally last week we started sending out refinance, uh, uh, marketing material. I don't think people should refinance at this very moment. I mean, there could be rare exceptions where it might make sense, but here's the reason why we're sending it out during a refi season when rates drop, too, way too many people I know, you know, after the fact, when they do it or they said they did it, should not have done what they did. Either they did it too soon or they structured it incorrectly. They end up costing themselves way more money than had they just worked with us and left us for that 50 bucks or 100 bucks or whatever it is. It's, so we're trying to market now just to make sure they know we know. We know what we're doing. We're here. Don't fall victim to just your servicer. Just because you write your check somewhere doesn't mean that the person who's calling you is going to be any good. Most of the time, your servicer, and I, Sorry, whoever's listening, if you're in the business, if you work for a company that's just a call center, you're not the highly skilled professional that's going to know how to structure these. You're more of the hourly work there. It's a job, not a career. And that's the biggest thing is, again, find the right person to take care of you on the mortgage front. I can't stress that enough, especially in the refi boom. Too many people fall victim to, to the marketing that's just slick. You know, uh, you're talking about either being numbers-oriented or not. The the thing about it is, if if you are if you are a person that is not numbers oriented, surely you know somebody who is numbers oriented, and you can take them to explain the process to you, or sit down with them when you're at home and show them the paperwork. Uh, once again, I can't stress that enough uh, how important that is. Let's talk a little bit about the market itself. Would you, you know, do you you could typically look at a, a market and say it's a buyer's market or it's a seller's market. Is that even possible this time around? Yeah, it's so weird. It is absolutely so, so odd right now because on one hand I could argue, I could argue both sides. That's why it's weird. You're right. There, there are absolutely moments in time where you say this is one or the other. And I'm telling you right now, especially with the recent uptick in activity, it's just, it's weird because we're Dallas Fort Worth. We have a great, wonderful economic geographic like whatever you want we just have a great place for people to move so we have a ton of people every day coming to this you know coming to north texas whether you like it or not they're coming um so on top of that you have this housing shortage right like we just can't build homes fast enough and people aren't selling not enough people are selling their homes because they're sitting on that three percent rate and don't want to sell so there's a housing shortage so if you got a good house a marketable house a desirable house it absolutely can be a seller's market. There are still, I saw something, and I don't know that I believe it, but my gosh, the stats out there, I mean, it's like 40%, uh, and I've seen the numbers vary from 40 to 50% are multiple offers still. So if you're getting multiple offers as a seller, it is a seller's market because it is so low of inventory. So the inventory out there is about 
numbers just drop from like 1.3 million. This is nationwide. 1.3 to like 1.1 last month. Well, half of those, I think it was like 40%, let's say 40% are already sold. Like contracts are already on them. So that means for the country, there's only 600 to, you know, five or 600,000 homes for sale. And there's estimated to be about 2.5 to 3 million people who want to buy a home. Now, want to buy and will, they didn't because rates were eight. Now they're in the sixes. I think those people are coming out. So I would say it could be a seller's market, but by the same token, if people aren't coming out because the rates are showing that high sixes and you're a buyer and you're the only one making that offer, it can be a buyer's market in some cases. So it's a really weird market right now. I know it's a good opportunity. You just, you know, the crazy days are coming. If and when rates drop, folks, I'm telling you, rates are not, you know, rates will drop, but your, your cost of the home is going to go up because they're going to have a lot more people you're competing with on that home. This is Bob Brooks. If you want more information on Mark, mortgagemark.com. Real quick, Mark got about a, a minute, minute and a half or so, when I, but I want to ask you a question. The, you know, it, I always talk about this as the, the seller and the buyer are, sit, are standing there staring at each other, waiting for someone to blame. <laughs> and it's kind of at a standstill because, you know, the seller believes their house is worth X and the, the buyer says, well, I could pay X when interest rates were at 4%, but I can't pay X today. You know, but beyond rates going down, and I know that's an, an awfully big part of it, but what, what's it going to take to kind of break the ice? Yeah, and that's, that's a great question. There are programs, like I know our company offers what's called like a list and lock or something like that, where the sellers can, can throw money at the rate before they even find a buyer. To say, hey, instead of discounting your home an extra ten grand, maybe you throw five to seven and buying down the rate, so you can advertise a, a low market rate that makes everybody happy. So lenders are trying to solve that problem with financing. Sellers obviously got to give a little to make that work. So it, there, there are options. It is tough and it is a challenge, but there are options. Well, Mark, uh, tough, tough uh, environment these days, but uh, I know it'll it'll get better. And uh, just just hang in there. I appreciate you, Mr. Bob. Appreciate you having me on, as always, my friend. Uh, we'll talk to you next month. This is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money radio show. It's really interesting to watch all this play out. I mean, you see lots of numbers, lots lots of statistics. Uh, generally speaking, what, you, what everybody together thinks is going to happen, something generally does, it just, it's different than what they think is going to happen. I've been watching markets for over 30 years, and it's just uh, it's just really interesting. It, it will be, and it will be even more interesting interesting to see this play out over the next uh, let's call it the next 12 months, and really see uh, what happens. But uh, if you are in the in the market to buy a house, or you know that you're heading that way, you really got to just uh, be patient and. Make sure that you've checked everything and see see what's out there. And, and hopefully start seeing a break in that supply and demand and uh, prices will start to come down, which would be good. Actually, prices and interest rates would be good. But it's a, uh, a an interesting situation for sure. This is Bob Brooks. If you've got a question for me, a couple ways to get those questions answered. 
you can go to the website at www.prudentmoney.com. And at the website, there is a way to ask a question. You can email it to me or you can schedule some time with me by doing that on the website. And we can have a phone call and make sure that you're taken care of. All that is at no cost or no obligation, just uh, trying to create resources. This is Bob Brooks, so we are all out of time. Till we do meet again next time, keep the faith and have a great rest of the day. That's all the time we have for today. Questions or comments for Bob or to find out more great information like what you've just heard, visit www.prudentmoney.com. Be sure to join Bob Brooks again for the next edition of Prudent Money.